Okay, good evening. Good evening. Tonight is our last discussion on the topic of Jewish meditation. And uh, we'll be focusing on the Koach Harotzon, the power of desire, the power of wanting. Generally speaking, is wanting something that is good for us or perhaps detrimental? I think we could argue, potentially, the more you want, then the less happy you are, higher expectations, more disappointment. We know, however, that there is a koach, a ratzon, ratzon that could be very positive, that could be transformative. So I'd like to spend a few moments together this evening and focus on the meditation of ratzon. We saw together last week, two weeks ago, that hachana is preparation. Before I do anything, before I get involved with the conversation or engage in a mitzvah, even taking a moment, 30 seconds, to focus on a few basic questions, namely, what am I about to do? And lifnei mihu holeich lasos in front of whom is this taking place? And the third question we saw from the Peleoites, Matam Yeshba, why am I doing this? So the idea of Koach HaRatzon is very related to Matam Yeshba. If I have some reason that I'm connecting to, as to why I'm about to have this conversation, or why I'm about to do this particular mitzvah, then not only do I have a reason in my mind as to why I'm doing it, but there's also a bakasha, there's a desire to accomplish what that reason is. So for example, something uh, pretty straightforward, I'm about to have a conversation with one of my children regarding technology. All parents love having these conversations with teenagers, right? So, I remind myself of the idea of hachana. I need to be prepared. Why am I doing this? What am I trying to accomplish? The why creates the ratzo. Why am I doing this? Because A, I love you, and I will care for you, and I want you to be happy and healthy, and I want to say it in a way that hopefully you'll be receptive to. So the why I'm doing it is really the, the desire, I want you to take this well. I want to be effective in this conversation because I love you. So the, the why and the zone are very, very connected. The Mishnah we quoted last time about the Hasidim Rishonim, the ancients who would spend sha'achas before their davening steeped in meditation. If you look at the words of the Mishnah carefully, I'm sorry, the Mishnah says that they would be sha'achas, they'd be waiting there in meditation. 
Literally, that means, and they would be davening in order to have proper intention, which is somewhat strange. It should have said, they have this time of meditation, clearing their minds and, and getting ready in order to daven, but not that there's any form of tefillah within the meditation. Explains the grah. What do you think they were doing for an hour? It wasn't just a random mantra they were saying over and over again. That hour of preparation for tefillah also included tefillah. There was an expression of rotzon, there was a desire, there was a yearning that they were experiencing within the Sha'achas before davening, where they wanted, I, I have this, this urge, I have this, this, this real desire to connect with you. So even the, the preparation for the tefillah, that was a tefillah in and of itself. I'll give you an example of where this comes into play regarding Limud HaTorah. True or false? When you sit down to learn Torah, should you be every few minutes reminding yourself, I'm learning Mamish, the Devar Hashem, the Word of God, and every moment is so precious. And every few minutes get up and dance a little bit and then get back down to the Rashba. Is that a productive way of learning Torah? No, that's not how we learn. What should be going through my head as I'm learning? Very straightforward. What is the man saying? How does this, how does the answer of the Rashba really address his question? What did he know in the question that he was still bothered by it? What is he being mechadesh now? What is he introducing in the answer? That's what learning is. We don't pause every five minutes to say, Thank you, Hashem. However, writes the Nefesh Achayim, Chaim Velazhiner, it's a good practice that when we sit down to learn, before we jump right into the Rashba, we should have in mind the following. This is source number 12. It's appropriate to think for a moment before starting. Even just for a split second, to try to have a purity of the heart. And I have in mind, through this learning that I'm about to do, I want to connect with the Torah, and through this I want to connect with you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hainu lihisdavik b'chol kochosav ledevar Hashem zohalacha to be fully absorbing the word of HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the learning because my ultimate ratzah and my real desire is, is to connect with you. So we don't interrupt in the learning itself, but before I start, there's a hachana, there's a preparation. The preparation 
can be, what am I about to do, in front of whom am I doing it, why am I doing it, but part of the why we're exploring now together is, this is what I want from it. It's a different learning. It's a different Gemara. It's a different Rashi. Not only can having in mind what I want to accomplish before doing something change that which I'm about to do, but it could also change me. Famously, the Gemara in Baba Kama says, according to one opinion, that Mava, the term Mava is referring to Adam. Mava is an expression of the human being. Why? What does Mava have to do with the human being? The Gemara says it's based on a Pasuk in Yeshaya. Im tevoyin bo, referring to the yearning or the desiring of the redemption. If you really want it, if you really want it, who's wanting the Geula? The cow or the human being? The human being. So the Gemara is telling us that's why man is called Mava, because we have a source that tells us that you want something. What else does a human being do? We eat, we sleep, we read the newspaper. There are many things that we do that don't seem to define or describe the essence of humanity. Yet in this one example, the fact that we have this description in the Pasuk and Yeshaya that we want, Adam human beings are called Mava. Why would we be defined based on Ratzon? Why is humanity a desire? How do those two things connect? Because what I desire is who I am. What I'm yearning for, my aspirations, the vision of who I'd like to become, if that's something that's, that I'm realistically working towards, although I might be very far away, that defines who I am right now in the present. When you want something with sincerity, that could be definitive. This is who you are. The Pasuk says in Mishle, Shlomo HaMelech writes, Ve'ish lefi mahalalo. A person is defined based on that which he praises. Right? What do I look at and say, that's incredible. Oh, that's so inspiring. What do I speak about? What's on my mind? What am I mishabayach? What am I praising? That is actually a revelation into who I am. There's a famous line of the Mesilas Yesharim to get a little bit philosophical for a moment. The Ramchal writes that one of the greatest gifts we have is the gift of tshuva. Being able to return to Hashem, clean ourselves from the mistakes or transgressions that we've made, how does tshuva work? What's that process? How do you go back in time and erase something I said or I did? So the Ramchal says, 
Eich Yisakein Adam Esesher Ives V'chotek Kavar Nasa. How is it possible to go back and fix something that I messed up in the past? You could have someone do a terrible, evil, killing somebody, adultery. How do you make up for that? How do you do tshuva? Is it possible to go back in time and uproot that action from reality? Of course not. So rather, the way that tshuva works, explains the Ramchal, is a kiras ha-ratzon ka-kiras ha The uprooting of my ratzon, the taking away of the desire to do that which I did, is as if I'm uprooting the action itself. Akiras ha-ratzon ka-kiras ha So he explains, he elaborates somewhat. That right now, when I'm thinking back to the way I, I spoke, I have real regret. And I wish so much I could go back in time and not say that hurtful thing. But I'm feeling so much pain that it's too late. I already hurt your feelings. If I have this real, genuine regret, that's considered a kiras haratzon. I'm uprooting the desire to do what I did, and therefore it's as if I'm uprooting the action itself. Now, how does that make any sense? The question was a very strong question. You can't go back in time and take back what you did. You made a mistake, you now have to live with it for the rest of your life. Okay, but now a year or three years later, I really feel terrible that I did that. And if I had the opportunity to be in the exact same situation, I, 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 I wouldn't want to do that. What does that help? How does that make it conceptually as if I'm taking away what took place? So the answer seems to be it's based on who I am. Who I am now and who I was then. I'll give you an example. If somebody was to show you a picture of yourself not dressed appropriately and they were to blackmail you, we're going to show this to the world, that would be embarrassing. But let's say that picture was when you were six weeks old. Okay? If you don't give us tomorrow the $50,000, we're going to plaster this picture all over the internet. We're going to make sure it goes on everyone's status for at least a full day. Everyone's going to see you only wearing a diaper. $50,000, picture of me when I was six weeks old wearing a diaper. I'll go with the diaper. I'm okay. Why don't you care? Why aren't you embarrassed? Why not? It's not you. Right. It's not me. It's not me. Obviously, that was me. 
cute little baby, but I'm not embarrassed because that's not who I am. That's who I was. Really, I'm a different person. Biologically, I'm the same person. We know that, but, but psychologically, I'm a different person. What defines who I am? Is it my, my status in life? Is it my reputation? Is it where I live or my profession? Is it what people think of me? It's nothing. What defines who I am is, what is my genuine rutzo? What is my desire to accomplish? What am I yearning for? What am I searching for? That defines me. Odem lefi mahalolo, that which I praise, that which I mishabeach, that's who I am. So the Ramchal is explaining, we understand the magic and the gift of tshuva. Because if I could really uproot the rutzon that I had when I said those hurtful things, I don't want to be saying that. I'm nauseated by the fact that I was able to, to be involved with something like that. That means that rutzon is no longer part of who I am. I am now a different human being. Because what defines me is what I want more than anything. What I want now is different than what I wanted then. And then I was caught up in the moment. I wanted to get you back. There was a desire for revenge. I don't have that desire. I hate the fact that I did that. I'm a different person. So the idea of cultivating a rutzo, obviously, if we're distracted and we're obsessed with all of the, the glitz and the glamour that's out there and I'm constantly wanting more of that, that's not going to bring me any sense of satisfaction or true joy. We know that. But if I could cultivate a real yearning and a desire for growth, for closeness to Hashem, and I could actually express that, I could meditate on this even for a moment, and I could implement this into my daily existence, of reminding myself, why am I doing this, and what am I trying to get? What do I want from this? Not only does that transform the conversation or the mitzvah, it transforms me. Because if I have a different desire, I'm a different person. Now what happens when we keep on striving and reaching for more? Will we accomplish more? Or will it be a pursuit where eventually I'll just feel a sense of despair? I'm always wanting more, I can never get enough. Is it A or B? Will I be able to actually achieve more than I could presently do? Or is there going to be a feeling of disappointment because I'm always wanting more, I'm never happy with what I have? So I want to share with you a line or two from the Chovas HaLevavos. Number 19 on page 15. The Chovas Levavos, going back to the 11th century, speaks about the need for trying as hard as we can, but not feeling complacent with what I can do, always having this, this drive to do more. I should try 
to do more than I can, and desire it in my heart, and envision it in my mind. Right? It's not a word game, but it's a real machshava. A real thought, we said, quoting from the Torah of Ram, that, can, that, can, that itself can create a whole uplifting ruach within a person. Not only do I want more than I could do presently, I ask God to help me. And I ask for assistance. I'm, I'm pleading to you. I want to be able to do more. I feel like I'm maxing out right now. And therefore, not only is there a rutzon, but that rutzon is expressed in the tefillah and an ongoing prayer. Help me get to the next stage. So what happens when I continue to express this desire? When I do this continuously, Hashem will accept my tefillah and He will open before me the gates of knowledge. He will strengthen my intellect and He will give more energy and capacity to everything that I am and everything that I want to do. And He'll allow me to accomplish that which is not within my grasp right now. Hashem will bring me to a whole new dimension of accomplishment, something that in my wildest dreams, in the present stage, I would never think I could achieve. How do I get there? It's a combination of two factors. The first is, I continue pushing myself to the max, doing what I feel I can do. And the second factor is, having an ongoing yearning to do more. And when I have those two ingredients, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends this incredible, miraculous siyata deshmaya, this divine assistance to be able to just be in a whole different realm, a whole different human being. I heard this story from someone who is uh, closely related to the Kanievsky family. He said that the stipler, the stipler Gon was the father of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, that he approached Reb Yecheskel Sarna. Reb Sarna was the great Rosh Hashiva in Slobodka, in Eretz Yisrael, and he approached Reb Yecheskel Sarna asking him if he wouldn't mind learning with a young student who, uh, he's in yeshiva, he's diligent, he wants to be growing and, and gaining the tools, but he's having a little bit of a difficult time. I think he has incredible potential, but I'm asking you personally a favor. Can you set aside some time every day to learn with this, with this young man? Bechasko said, of course. They were in touch a few months later. And the stipler wanted to know how things were going, if progress was being made. And uh, Sarna said, I'll tell you the truth, he's diligent, and I could see there's a rotso, he wants it, but I'm not seeing like a massive improvement. I'm not sure if it's Kadai to keep on, keep on trying. Maybe a different yeshiva, maybe a different environment. 
And the stipler said, just do me a favor, please stick with this. And, uh, and he did. They continued learning together. I'm not sure for how long. But as time went on, Rabbi Cheskel Sarno came back to the stipler and said, over the time we've been learning with each other, I've, I've seen incredible, incredible improvement. He seems to be a different human being than he was a few months back. This young man was Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, the Godel Hador. When you read his works, and there are many of them, and by now, it's been slightly more than a year after his passing, we've heard incredible stories, his brilliance, his vast knowledge of everything. How did that, how did that happen? What was that divine intervention? And the answer was, there was an unquenchable thirst. There is a rutzo. And because there was such a strong, powerful desire HaKadosh Baruch Hu clearly allowed him to accomplish that which for most mortal men seems to be totally beyond our grasp. Now is there a concern that wanting too much might lead to disappointment and despair? Says the Vilna Gaon, we have the following guiding principle. When it comes to our physical lives, we say, Ezehu asher samech bechelko. The wealthy person is one who's happy with what he has. Learning to appreciate what I have is what I need. I don't want more. This is sufficient. When it comes, though, to ruchnius, when it comes to spiritual pursuits, there the Gra explained, we have to have this duality. Where I'm semeach bechelko, I'm very happy, and I'm grateful for what I've been able to accomplish until now. And I can look back, <coughs> even a few years before, and I could see the progress. We don't always see it daily, but, but I could see I'm, I'm, making, I'm making movement in the right direction. So you're semech bechelko, you have that sense of gratitude. However, don't be mistapik bechelko, which means don't be complacent. I'm happy, I'm grateful, I'm excited, but I'm not complacent. Says the Eish Kodesh, Rav Kolonimus Kalmish Shapiro, Hashem Yokom Domov, he writes in the Tzav Zirus, this was his personal diary, and this is in the last page here, page 16. He says, Hachukin v'hakisufin tovim, rakim ovdim behem. Yearning and desiring more is obviously a good and healthy thing, as long as I can make sure I'm doing something in the real world that's propelling me in that direction. Ima'at im Doesn't have to be a lot, but as long as I'm actually doing something leading me in that same direction, then my rutzon is helpful. <coughs> kind of tastes like that cherry medicine, right? <coughs> okay. He says, Im love, if I find myself, I'm always dreaming of, of making it big. I'm always thinking about what I could have, what I'd like to have. Even in the realm of spirituality, I'm always thinking about being that guy that comes to Minyan. 
being that person that actually says a bracha with some level of consciousness. But if I never take any actual steps in that direction, then what could happen is, writes the Eish Kodesh, Nolad bekerev ha'ish, gam below yidiyaso. There might develop within me, even within my subconscious mind, I might not be aware of it, min yiyush, a form of despair. What happens is, if I keep on wanting more, but I never do anything to push myself in that direction, then I begin to lose faith in me. <coughs> For so many years I've been yearning. For so many years I've been having these dreams and visions of greatness. Thinking about the mother I really want to be. Thinking about the husband I want to be. But it's just, if I feel I'm not accomplishing any of those real desires, then I lose faith in myself and I stop yearning. And if I stop having a ratzon, that means I'm really accepting upon myself some level of a death sentence, a spiritual death sentence. If I don't have a, this strong drive to keep on growing, then I have no chance to continue growing. How do I look at myself and actually judge realistically Am I making progress? Am I moving in the right direction? And we'll conclude with this. It says the Eish Kodesh, Malisa. You want to know if you've excelled? Look at your Ratzon. Ratzon is something like any emotion I'm able to look at it almost like a third party. Analyze what is it that I want. I want many things in life. What defines who I am though? What is the Iker Ratzon? What is my main drive? Why am I doing everything that I'm doing? What am I trying to accomplish? And if I find by looking and analyzing my own desire, I see that I want more of a connection. I want to be more involved. And even though I might not feel enthusiastic, I might not feel passionate, that's okay. But, like the Eish Kodesh says, I have a zone to have a zone, And that's also an amazing start. I want to want more of this. Now I feel life and perhaps my relationships or my avodas Hashem, it's blah. It's, it's boring. It's not engaging. How do I feel about that? Am I complacent with that reality? Or is there a burning desire to have a burning desire to come closer to you? The meditation of Ratzon is something that, again, it does not require hours of sitting on the floor with your legs crossed, but it's something we can realistically implement into every day of our lives just taking that brief moment before I engage, or perhaps even during the experience, reminding myself, why am I doing this? What am I doing? In front of whom am I doing this? And what do I want from this? And it's that rut zone that defines who I am now and who I'm destined to be. Okay.